Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I want to thank you for listening and ask you to look around the site. We have over 3,400 audios featuring great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea and other lands, Bible studies, and my books are on Amazon.com, and you can contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com. Please also check out my new website that allows you to tune in to the new Hackberry Radio. Just go to hackberryhouseofchosun.com, take a look and a listen. I'm reading today from a book entitled The Christian in Complete Armor. It's volume one, a modernized abridgment of the Puritan classic by William Gurnall. William Gurnall was the English Bible scholar and pastor who died in 1679. Today, the necessity of armor to withstand the evil day. Since death is inevitable for every person, it behooves us, first of all, to prepare for this evil day in regard to our duty. Your faithful allegiance to God is what keeps you safe. Suppose a subject entrusted with the care of one of his prince's castles, should hear that a powerful enemy was coming to lay siege to the castle. Yet he took no precautions to to lay in arms or provisions for its defense, and so it was lost. How could he be cleared of treason? Did he not, through negligence, betray his prince? The soul is a castle which we are each one to keep for God, We have been warned that Satan will lay siege to it. The time when he intends to come with all his powers of darkness is that evil day. Now, in order to be found true to our trust, we must plan for our defense and equip ourselves for a vigorous resistance. We cannot, without shameful ingratitude to our God, waste those aids that he provides for that evil day. What would you say of a prisoner who was sent money for his release, but used it instead to amuse himself while in prison? This is, in essence, what we do when we take the talents that God expects us to use in preparation for the hour of death and instead bestow them upon our lusts. What profit will we find in our Bibles or our ministers if we do not use them to equip ourselves with God's armor? In a word, why does God lengthen our days in the land of the living? Is it that we might have time to revel in the pleasures of this vain world? Are we to be chasing such butterflies as earthly riches and honor? It cannot be. Wise masters do not give their servants such tasks as will not pay for the candles they burn in doing them. And truly, nothing less than glorifying God and saving our souls at last can be worth the precious time that we spend here. The great God has a greater goal than most think. To understand it, read his own interpretation of his actions. The Apostle Peter bids us account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Paul states it thus, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. From both scriptures we are taught what is the mind of God. He speaks to us 
by every moment's patience and inch of time that we are given. Since it is God's mercy that grants us every day we spend on earth, this lays upon us a strong obligation to spend every moment of our time wisely. And second, we must prepare for this evil day in regard to wisdom. A prudent man expends most of his energy on that which is of greatest importance to him. Only fools and children are intent on toys and trifles. They are as earnest in making a house of cards as Solomon was in making his temple. Now, such is the importance of the evil day, especially that of death, that a man proves himself to be either wise or foolish by the way he prepares for it. If the counsels and projects we have pursued prepare us for a blessed death, then we shall appear to be wise men indeed. But if, after all our sincere plans and efforts for other things, we are not prepared for that hour, we shall be exposed as fools at last. Whoever you are and whatever you have to glory in, even if you seem to be the saintliest person on earth, know that there is no salvation from the flood of death but Christ. Hanging on to the outside of the ark by a false profession of faith will not save. Imagine how those in Noah's day ran for their lives, some to this hill and others to that high tree. But the waves pursued them until at last they were swept into the devouring flood. Such will your end be if you turn to any other way for help than Christ. Yet the ark waits for you, comes up close to your gate to take you in. Noah did not put forth his hand more willingly to take in the dove than Christ does to receive those who fly to him for refuge. Ask your soul soberly and solemnly, have you provided for this day, this evil day? Can you part with what that day will take away and welcome what it will certainly bring? Death comes to carry away all your carnal enjoyments and to bring you a reckoning for them. Can you take your leave of the one and with peace and confidence read the other? Think what answer you will give to God when you appear before him. What will you say when he asks, Why should I not pronounce the sentence of eternal damnation against you? Do not doubt for one moment that your day of reckoning will come. The next heading is Directions for Preparing for the Evil Day. Are you wise enough to prepare for the day when you must stand before God? Would you like to live now without dreadful anticipation of that day? Then take these directions. First, establish a covenant relationship with Christ. You cannot expect to face death without fear unless you have solid ground that Christ will claim you as his. The heirs of heaven are those who are in covenant with God. And how do you get into this covenant relationship? By breaking your covenant with sin. You are by nature a covenant servant to sin and Satan. If ever you are to be taken into a new covenant with God, you must break the old one. A covenant with hell and heaven cannot stand together. And then betroth yourself to Christ. God bestows the covenant of grace only upon Christ's spouse. 
Rebecca did not receive the jewels and costly raiment until she promised to become Isaac's wife. All the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. When you receive Christ, you also receive the promises. He who owns the tree has a right to all the fruit that it bears. See to it that there is found in you what Christ expects in every soul that he espouses. Consider whether you can heartily love the person of Christ. Look fondly on him again and again, as he is set forth in all his spiritual perfection. Do his holy nature and perfect grace make you desire him? Can you find it in your heart to forsake all others and cleave to Christ? Will you put your life, the life of your soul, in his hands to be saved by the sole virtue of his blood and by the strength of his omnipotent arm? If you have sufficient faith in his care to provide for you now and in the life to come, you can be sure his promises are for you. One thing more, if you have Christ, you must love not only him, but your new kindred by marriage as well, and that is, all the saints. Can you love them heartily and forget all the old grudges you've had against them? If you find it in your heart to answer yes, I pronounce Christ and you husband and wife. Go and comfort yourself with the expectation of the bridegroom's coming for you. And when the evil day approaches and death itself draws near, do not look upon it with terror. Instead, revive like old Jacob when you see the chariot which will carry you over into the embraces of your husband. Be assured he is able to make you welcome when you arrive there. And then labor to die continually to this life and its enjoyments. The desire to resist death is not so strong in one who has long been ill and wasting away as it is in the one who has been sick only a few days and still has strength to fight. The same tendency is found in the saint, that Christian whose love of this life has been wasting away for many years will more easily part with his earthly life than he whose love for it is stronger. All Christians are not mortified to the world in the same degree. Paul tells us he died daily. He was always sending more and more of his heart out of the world so that by the time his evil day had come, all his affections were packed up and gone. How eager he was to follow. I am ready to be offered up, he said. When a tooth must be extracted, the deeper the roots, the more pain for the patient. If you will loosen the roots of your worldly affections, your life will fall more easily and with less pain in the day of your affliction. Remember this. If you are a Christian, you have no reason to fear the evil day. Bring your heart up close to it. Show your soul what Christ has done to take the sting out of it. What sweet promises he has given to help you overcome your fear. Here you will find all the comfort that you need. Amen. William Gurnall Well, you can probably find this book online. I hope that you will. Otherwise, come back and join me for the next section of the book. And this is the Hackberry House of Chosa. And Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.